pandemic has accelerated many companies' digital transformation. So which companies have successfully engaged their customers and created this loyalty during the pandemic as well? Stephen Lee's with us, founding principal, Logan Capital Management. This is a new era, right? This is what you're calling it. And uh, there really is something to that. What do you mean by that exactly here? Yeah, I mean, it, even before uh, the recent healthcare challenges, companies were really preparing for the idea that business is going to be done differently. Digitization was really impacting how almost every uh, sector um, was conducted. You know, we saw it in retail that, you know, the recent discussion you had with Amazon, certainly their digital focus changed almost as, as they say that, you know, the fabric in terms of, of how a lot is done. Um, but one of the things that we have seen that's very important is to find companies that have built a real brand, a real need uh, beyond what their product is to why customers would go to them. So as we've seen over the last year where you couldn't necessarily go to uh, the businesses you used to uh, go to in a traditional way, go in the store, were there bands that were strong enough that their customers sought them out. Um, and that's something we think will continue as the economy moves forward. You know, we're not sure whether we're going to continue to do more online, whether to do a little more in person. But if you have a durable brand that your customers really value, we think that's going to be a path to success. Yeah, you know, I want to use an example so we understand what's going on, because you talk about the digital transformation and Starbucks is a name that you wanted to focus on anyway. Can you use this to help us understand, is this something to buy into because it has such brand loyalty? What kind of experience do you have at Starbucks versus I really need my Starbucks? Um, there's a lot that goes into this, right? Yeah, I think I remember early uh, early on, we were just opening up. The Starbucks locally opened up. I put a picture on Facebook, I thought, and there were three posts. Oh, they're open finally, and you just saw brand loyalty for there. Um, and, you know, they were very early on in integrating uh, the digital flywheel, they called it, you know, the the mobile mobile ordering. Um, and I had I have a young daughter, and she'd, we'd pick her up from sports, and she wouldn't ask me if she goes to Starbucks. She'd be on her phone, and she'd say, I ordered Starbucks. We need to stop by. So it's like a, an instinctive action. Um, that they've developed, and it's a very consistent. And you know, they're consistent if you travel, one day we'll travel, you know. Um, it's a consistent experience across the board. And that's certainly something we see going on globally. So there, you know, coffee, a coffee house is not necessarily something you'd think is being a digital experience, but being able to order and, and know what you're getting and where the nearest location is, we think is critical. And it's a really nice integration of building that brand. Mm. So, and then there are other brands too that you think are in a similar situation, right? Because consumer behavior certainly has changed and these brands have to keep up, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, companies would have done well over the last year. Williams-Sonoma is one we always like to talk, you know, highlight. We were all stuck at home for a little while, um, and then we realized maybe we want to change the way our home looks. Well, management there had spent the previous years digitizing that business so that if you couldn't go to in their store and they have you know pottery bar in west elm you could still get to them get what you need redecorate that have design you know work with designers in an online way um, so these are brands that have unique products and you know one of the risks of this situation current situation is we could start to see some inflation and one of the best defenses for inflation is having businesses where their customers really value what they do and if prices have to go up a little the customers will pay it because what the brand and the product is unique and they're, you know, they're seeking it out. They're not competing on price. So William Sonoma, right. And that customer behavior, I mean, we saw home sales 
surging. And to your right. point, people really wanted to beef up the home, right? They were they were stuck inside and realized that maybe it was a good time for changes. You know, Apple stock has turned negative now, despite the blowout quarter that it posted. Are you a fan of Apple for the long term? I mean, we've been involved. Yeah, we've been We've, yeah, we've been long-term holders of Apple since the mid-2000s. Um, and one of the things, if you look at with their earnings though, every segment of their business had great growth. Um, and because they're all integrated. So uh, certainly Apple's done very well. A little pause wouldn't be out of line, but the same token, we're hard pressed to think of a tech company that has that uniqueness of brand and that consistency and that whole ecosystem um, around, um, you know, around the the phone and the you know that's it's driven returns for the Mac, for the laptop, the iPads. You know, the AirPods have become almost ubiquitous, uh, and so we think we're very we think that's a prime example of a company that, as technology changes, we do think that the way we relate to technology will change over time. You know, we went from computers to phones to now we're seeing more voice, um, and Apple is has a company that's been able to navigate that um, very well. Is this a 175 stock, a $200 stock? I mean, do you really see it moving to the upside? And and how long would you hold this? You know, we've been long-term holders. I'll say we're not as a firm a big price target. Um, we have the blessing right. that uh, it's been with us so long. Where when it gets to maximum percentage of our portfolio, we're trimming, taking profit, and buying buying more leaders. But we're very very comfortable holding it for the long term, and that's the way we look at it. Um, so I don't have a yeah. price target per se, other than it's a it's a nice waiting for us, but. Right. And the fact that you saw the growth in every single one of its uh, metrics. How about a name like Lululemon, right? We talk about brand loyalty. People love Lulu. They do. And that's one, you know, one of the things about interesting with Lululemon, if you remember years ago, they had a bit of a speed bump. Um, but there was such loyalty that they were able to take, take, um, take corrective action and really rebuild that brand. Um, and there, you know, there was concerns, I guess, several years ago about the, the uh, athleisure component becoming more more competitive, but they've been able to continue to differentiate their product. They've actually been able to expand into men's, um, which is you know which has done very well for them. And again, good omni-channel. I thought they were very nimble on their feet uh, early on in the in the in the crisis where they didn't want to let people go, so they started doing sales through FaceTime, and it was just enough. I'm not sure they did a ton of business that way, but it got people thinking about them and reminding them to go back to the brand, reminding them that they had an online presence. So, you know, when you were buying a little more comfortable clothing because uh, you were spending time, you thought of Lululemon. So we think those brands continue to do well. Um, and they're expanding that brand into the more, you know, not just athletics, but more athleisure, more comfortable, less athletic clothing. And so we think there's good potential. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And people don't have any qualms about paying over one hundred dollars for a pair of yoga pants, you know, good quality lasts, that kind of stuff. Um, right. Nike has, has been a top performer in the Dow Jones Industrial Average today. Right. And, uh, you know, we really think of brand loyalty there, no doubt. Right. And, you know, what's interesting is that's a global company. So what they do is they they make sure they're present wherever they do business. So team sports globally, if they have a presence there, they want to make sure that they're present. You know, they do a great job branding with professional athletes, but then also the amateur sports. Um, the nice thing, though, is it can't be just the branding and the marketing. There has to be something to it. And Nike continually develops, has a high research and development budget and develops new and innovative products so that they're different, um, you know, better fit, better performance. Um, and again, 
we're coming to a period where the economy's broadening out. We could see inflation. We're prepared. We're not predicting, but we're preparing. And again, Nike's always at that little bit of a premium. People know what they want. They can get it. Yeah. And they were able to, again, go online. And they were you know, very conscious of figuring out who they were selling through. They wanted to only sell through the the, the best distribution channels that added value beyond your Right, and they had some tough PR situation recently in China, right, with some concerns, right. not only for Nike, but also for some of the other retailers about some production and human rights issues um, there. Anyhow, let's leave it there. We thank you so much, Stephen Lee. It's great to have you on the show always, yeah, giving us a great breakdown and some good picks for us. Stephen Lee, founding principal, Logan Capital Management.